Good morning, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and today we are doing a Rogue News segment because I really need to do a Rogue News segment. There is a lot to unpack today, so keep listening. have any comments, questions, or concerns, Rogue Radio can be contacted on Twitter at Rogue Radio 4, Rogue Radio 4 on Instagram, and Rogue Radio on YouTube. Thank you. Today we're going to be talking about South Africa, um, Cape Town. Uh, when I end up talking about a certain new segment, sometimes um, I'll pick a country that has been listening, and the two new ones is Kenya and South Africa, so I'm going to be doing their new segments first. So, in Cape Town, South Africa, murder is on the rise um, with guns, gu- gun cartels and gangs. Um, 3,000 murders in 2019, 6,000 in 2020. Um, that, that's doubled. Um, so, it's hard, and I know it's hard in Cape Town. I'm not saying that, uh, South Africa is a bad country. I feel like the situation that South Africa is in, especially Cape Town, uh, kind of resulted in this, um, problem that they have. So, yeah. Sometimes the police don't even, um, come after someone calls because the area is so dangerous. They don't want to get killed. Um, there are some groups like, uh, it's called Ceasefire, which tries to reform gang members and tries to, uh, make sure that the kids are safe because the children are also, uh, recruited into gangs and as young as 12 years old, and that's not okay. And uh, some of these reform groups actually have really good sophisticated technology in order to find um, the sound of gunshots and they can locate it and make sure that that area is safe. Um, so yeah. Uh, let's see. The Cape Flats um, is the main area for murder that's like murder is on the rise in the Cape Flats. A hundred thousand violent gang members, uh, one thousand murders due to guns, and 261 children have been killed. There is a corruption in the police force, meaning uh, when raids are scheduled, sometimes dirty cops will tip off the gang members to so that they can kind of hide from the police. There is a crisis in Cape Town. Even um, Ramaphosa, President Ramaphosa has even said that. And um, it is also divided socially, which um, I think, to me, is a big problem. Uh, Gangs just don't show up overnight. Violence doesn't show up overnight. Things like this just not does not just happen, there must be a reason, and, um, 40% of, uh, Cape Town, I want to say, or at least South Africa, is unemployed, and that's a big chunk of, uh, job loss, and, uh, because of that, some people turn to gangs, and some people turn to violence in order to gain some sort of income. Like I said, there's probably, you know, drugs and uh, gun cartels, people selling everything. And I'm not saying that South Africa and Cape Town is a bad place. This is just what I found and I wanted to talk about it. In 1960, um, the apartheid regime removed mixed races known as colored 
from the inner city center. So back in the 1960s, mixed races weren't necessarily accepted in South Africa. Um, and because of that, everybody who lived in the inner city center who were mixed race, they could not get jobs, and they were evicted from their homes. And that sometimes is another result of people joining gangs in order to support their families and support themselves and gain money and an income. Because if there is no jobs for especially mixed race South Africans, um, then where would they turn to? It's, it's the same in America sometimes. You know, we have gangs that, um, in certain cities in America that are very poor. And in order for someone in a certain situation to gain income, sometimes that is the only option that they have or that they seem to have to support their families. And uh, some of them were forced to be homeless. Anger was rising. There's economic problems. There's no job creation. And Ramaphosa calls this a crisis. Um, ceasefire, the um, reform group that helps gang members get out of that lifestyle has helped uh, 700 gang members um, turn away from that lifestyle. Um, It has gotten so bad that the army was inserted into the Cape Flats. Uh, Ramaphosa is working very hard to replace dirty cops with clean ones and crimes still continue to rise. And I want to say that the the end to violence will always be a process. When something uh, unfortunate in you know any case or any situation arises, it's not going to be removed completely um, all at once. It will be a process. When it comes to bettering yourself or bettering a country or a government. Um, It is always going to take a process, and um, that's what I feel Cape Town needs, is they, they need a process. And I know there's a lot of angry people, um, not just in Cape Town, but I mean there's a lot of angry people in the world right now, you know, depending on your situation, try. You know, try your best to find something to help yourself uh, that doesn't turn you to crime. And I, I, I know that's easy for me to say because I have a job and I, I live in a country that, you know, is, you know, has jobs. And I can't necessarily say that to someone who has nothing or who is struggling with supporting their family and supporting themselves and supporting their children. But I really hope and pray that Cape Town is able to rise out of this. Next up is Kenya, and Kenya is my newest country that has started to listen, and I just want to thank you for listening, Kenya. I'm, I'm really happy, I'm really humbled that uh, you are listening, whoever you are that is listening in that country. Um, when I looked up some news in Kenya, it, it, I was really shocked at this news segment, because this is a big booming business even though that this new segment that I found was about from seven months ago this is still 
active. This business is still active in Kenya where they sell babies. They sell babies on the black market. Um, and that is really shocking and very scary. Um, and I'll get into that. Um, homeless mothers lose their children all of the time. Um, especially if they live on the streets. Poverty is, um, I wouldn't say prominent. I'm pretty sure in certain areas of Nairobi, it would, there are certain areas that are more poor than other places. But uh, illegal black markets in Kenya has been operating for years in Nairobi. Uh, babies are a commodity there, and uh, mothers do what they can to contact authorities, but sometimes to no avail will they ever, you know, be reunited with their sons or daughters. And uh, the price for a girl in Nairobi is about 50000 um, a boy is about 80000 and uh, I'm about to go into why, and we're, we're gonna just kind of go through this. Um, let's see. Unlicensed clinics in Nairobi are used for child trafficking. Some women cannot conceive, so they buy children in desperation. Um, because what I've learned about uh, Kenyan culture, uh, the culture in Kenya is if you are married, you must have a child in order to keep that marriage. And some women who are barren end up getting desperate and they, you know, sometimes buy a child in order to save that marriage. Uh, the price for a boy, like I said, is 80000 meaning... Um, it must be a boy in the family, and I don't know why, um, that is a strict, like, I don't want to say rule, it is just, um, it's just what they believe in, it's just how things are in Kenya, uh, but I feel like because it, it is a boy, it will carry on the family name, um, if there's another reason... Like I said, everyone who listens is more than welcome to correct me. Um, let's see. Some women sell the babies before they're even born for the money or for whatever reason pertaining to their situation. Um, some women may lose their jobs. Some women may lose their homes. And if they're pregnant... Selling your child is easy money. Um, mothers cannot reclaim their children either. So if a mother who is pregnant ends up birthing the child in this um, illegal clinic, the, it is the clinic's now. It is, it is the clinic's baby now. It is not yours. It is not theirs. Um, they clarify that to the mother that you cannot come back and that it is theirs now to sell and for somebody else to buy. So if a mother regrets her situation or regrets her decision, she cannot go back and get her child. Uh, this uh, fake clinic, like these fake clinics also make up fake birth certificates for the children. 60,000 children sleep on the streets of Nairobi who are prime targets of traffickers. Um, children are stolen from mothers as they sleep and don't know if their children are alive or dead after they are gone. Now, as I was watching this documentary, it was a documentary and um, there was a sting operation that was happening and one of the sellers that was um, being investigated was asked what happens to the children she said sometimes they are sold to barren women and sometimes 
They're sold for sacrifices. I don't think people understand, especially in America, that when someone in America ends up proclaiming that they're a witch or whatever, or they're practicing witchcraft, which is now a trend somehow, people don't understand that witchcraft has originated from Africa, India, you know, certain places in the world. This is witchcraft. They're not being sacrificed for the hell of it. They're being sacrificed because of witchcraft. And when I heard that, my heart broke because there are people in America that are blindly practicing this stuff. I'm not saying that they're sacrificing children, but you're basically practicing something as a trend because you think it looks cool and not actually realizing the real things that people do in in the countries that were that originated this and I mean I don't understand I I I I just Sacrificing a child, I I can't I can't fathom that. It, it literally makes me sick to my stomach. Um, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because it is very true. I'm the type of person that will talk about the real things, whether it makes you comfortable or not. And this is very uncomfortable. Is making me very uncomfortable that the fact that there are people in America that practice witchcraft but actually don't know the depth of how far it goes and that is ugly anyway this person that was investigated was asked how in the world do you steal these babies and she says if you just treat them like they're your own that they'll comply and that is also really scary because these children, um, I don't want to say that they're not taught how to watch for strangers or and watch for certain things in order to keep themselves safe, but I, um, that, I don't know. I'm kind of disturbed now. Um, it's it's really sad that this is happening, and and I'm sorry for getting a little emotional because they are not my children, but I do care about children. I I can't stand the fact that children are the biggest targets for violence and sex trafficking, and and even spiritual sacrifices. That that's an innocent soul. Next one is Iceland, and no, Iceland, you are not one of my listeners, but I hope one day you will be. Um, this uh, next new segment with Iceland, I was kind of really surprised at the fact that this was happening in Iceland, because Iceland was voted one of the happiest countries in the world a few times, and there is a very healthy country. It is a very uh, remote country at, uh, I th you know, at times I want to say the population is about 350,000. That's not a lot. And uh, I never thought that Iceland would be in the news with this, but it is. And uh, apparently there's a lot of anger with uh, Iceland and uh, there's some racism going on and we're gonna talk about that there's an alarming rise in racism against Muslims in Iceland population of 350 people and 2,000 people 
Around 2,000 of that 350 are foreigners. Uh, people in Iceland don't want to have uh, others in the country that cannot adapt to their culture. So, if you don't know, um, I want to say Iceland is a mainly Christian uh, or Catholic type of uh, country. Uh, some people might be pagan because of the uh, Viking background and the roots in uh, that country as well. So there's a lot of tension going on with the Muslim community that has been set up in Iceland. So for the past 20 years, Iceland has adjusted immigration laws in 2002 called the Schengen Agreement, uh, granting European citizens access to the country's labor market, prompting others to be in the construction industry. Construction is a big, booming business, and uh, that's one of the big industries in Iceland. Uh, in 2007, rise in immigrants and also rise in hostility. Uh, Polish and Lithuanians were targeted uh, by this racism as well. My husband is texting me. It never fails that whenever I decide to do a podcast, he wants to talk to me. But uh, Muslims have been allegated or has allegated a plot of land for a mosque in Iceland fears Muslim extremism. So um, what the people of Iceland are afraid of is uh, possibly not just terrorism, but also the rise in crime. Because Iceland is a very peaceful country, they they do have people in jail, but they don't have a lot of crime as much as America would, or in other countries. They have um, a very good police system there, they have um, a very good crime system there, and I want to say that the fear of the Icelandic people is that... Um, these Muslims and people that are practicing Islam could be terrorists and they don't want that in their country, which I can understand, okay, but not all Muslims are terrorists. And uh, Iceland fears extremism and pigs, uh, pig heads and bloody Quran pages were scattered all over the land um, around the mosque. And uh, Iceland government voted against the mosque, and since then, Iceland has shown anger towards Muslims. And, yeah. I just want to say that as, as much as I love Iceland, I'm very surprised at what's been going on. But since, you know, 2020 has happened and it's reared its ugly head... I shouldn't be surprised that even Iceland is experiencing controversy, but um, I will always love Iceland, I will always love that country, but I also hope and pray and ask the Icelanders, including the refugees that um, are also being accepted into the country, to love each other. I know that's not easy sometimes, but that's something that we need. Uh, let's see, there were there is another small part that I did not uh, see. Yes, yeah, small groups of refugees are taken in every year in uh, Iceland at during protests. I'm guessing two Muslims were dragged out of a church that granted them sanctuary, and that's illegal uh, when someone grants sanctuary they are not that's legal for the police to remove them but since the police removed them uh, that is a big offense um, if Muslims are being attacked innocent Muslims are being attacked just because they're Muslim I don't think that that's okay uh, you know we let's think of it in a different light if it wasn't a muslim what about like a christian you know in iceland iceland 
you know, Christianity is big in Iceland, um, so is Catholicism. So, what if in your own home, in your own homeland, or in the place where you thought you'd be safe, you were being persecuted? You were being persecuted in your faith in Christ, and in, in your faith in anything, really. Nobody should be persecuted for that, but, um... Refugees have, um, tried to make peaceful protests, and there's they're met with police brutality. And I think right now, Iceland is very scared. The people of Iceland are very scared that if they keep accepting foreigners, that one might become a terrorist, or one that is a terrorist ends up slipping through the system. And, uh, I think, you know... The people in Iceland are demanding background checks, making sure that these people are safe, and all of that. But, like I said, people people need to learn to accept each other and love each other. People need to just respond with love. And especially in this time where, technically, America don't have a president yet, um, and... COVID is happening, and people are dying, and people are angry with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything, and it it shouldn't be happening, but it is, and the way that we can help this situation is just to outstretch that hand of love, and I know that's easy for me to say. I know that's easy for a lot of people to say being in that situation is much harder than me saying those words, and I, I understand that, but I just urge not just Iceland, but everybody that, I was, that I've been talking about, every country that I've been talking about, to try. Uh, I decided we're gonna read a positive note here. Uh, we're gonna go with something a little positive, and it's uh, from OAN News, One American News Network, and I'm gonna read the article. So, Prince William and Kate tour the UK to thank workers for COVID efforts. So... The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge visit communities across the UK. Britain's Prince William and Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge, were seen at the balcony at London's Euston Station. I have no idea if I said that right. As they embark on a three-day tour abroad, the Royal Train to thank frontline staff and community workers in the UK, in London, Britain, on December 6, 2020, Chris, okay, let's see, um, December 7th, 2020, London, uh, Prince William and his wife Kate visited Scotland and Northern England on Monday at the start of the whirlwind train tour of Britain to meet and thank frontline workers. Hang on, my husband's texting me again. Okay. Frontline workers, care home staff, and teachers for their efforts during the COVID-19 pandemic. William, Queen Elizabeth's grandson and second in line to the throne, and Kate are traveling 1,250 miles across England, Scotland, and Wales on board the Royal Train on their three-day trip. They kicked off the tour at London's Euston Station on Sunday uh, evening, where they were serenaded by Welsh pop star Shaken Stevens singing his 1980s hit uh, Merry Christmas Everyone before leaving for Scotland. Oh, that's cute. Thank you to all 
transport workers everywhere for keeping the country moving throughout the difficult year, they wrote on a train information board before they set off for Edinburgh. There they met pandemic paramedics before heading south to visit a school and then traveling to Batley, Batley? Batley, um, in Northern England to call in on community volunteers. Among those they met uh, was Len Gardner, 85, who Kate has been speaking to uh, by phone as part of a volunteer scheme to check in those who might be lonely during the coronavirus pandemic. Britain has been the European country hardest hit by COVID-19 with more than 60,000 deaths. Wow. Uh, the Duke and Duchess are very much looking forward to shining a spotlight to the incredible work that has been done across the country throughout the difficult year, Kensington Palace said in a statement. Queen Victoria was the first reigning monarch to use the royal train in 1842 to travel from Slow to London's Paddington Station. Uh, although critics have questioned its purpose in recent years, saying it's expensive and little used. And that is the news on that. So. Alright, this next one, I know I've been doing a lot of world news lately, but um, this one just kind of pisses me off in general. Uh, Big Mouth on Netflix has been renewed for another season, for fifth season, and I I don't understand why. Like, I, I, I think I've talked about this before in one of, yeah, it was a sexualization of children in uh, one of my other... Um, podcast, so I won't necessarily go into that, but I just don't understand why Big Mouth has been renewed for a fifth season when that cartoon looks like an acid trip on crack. And no, that did not make sense, because the show don't make sense. Uh, I'm just kind of pissed off, like... There was an uproar because Cuties was exploiting uh, little girls. And like I said in my previous podcasts, they were told to twerk in front of men who were judging the audition, these little girls. And I don't know why a cartoon, which I know is an adult cartoon, it's gotta be. I don't understand why you need to make an adult cartoon that exploits children's insecurities about puberty. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, like I said, I, I just, I, I don't like the cartoon. I don't like the show. There's a lot of things on uh, Hulu and a lot of things on Netflix that I just don't watch, and I hate Big Mouth. Um. I don't think that, like, it's worse than Family Guy to, to me, honestly. I watch Bob's Burgers and Family Guy. I used to watch American Dad a lot. But Big Mouth, there's just a certain oddness, like something's off in that show. And... It's because they have these children characters that are going through puberty and they're put in adult situations and I don't know how Netflix can back something like that. I mean, I know they probably do it for the money, but I mean, you gotta have principles too. But... It's gross. It's gross. And that's all I'm gonna say. That's that new segment. Bye.
Now, I'm not sure how long this segment's gonna be, but um, this one's about the COVID shots. Uh, one thing that I do my best not to do is talk too much about the COVID pandemic because there are people that want to seek peace. There are people that want to, you know, hear other news, and I'm one of those people. Um, but as far as I know from the fake news platforms, there will be um, a possibility of a vaccine coming out on December of this year, the 17th. And they have even said that the American people will not have any choice but to take it. No. I say no. And I we don't know much about this vaccine. We have been told a lot in the news and we've been told a lot in certain um, social media platforms and there's a lot of rumors going on and that there's a certain chemical that is in the vaccine that rewrites your DNA it changes your DNA and that it is a vaccine that is going to take away your connection with Christ, with God. Um, there has been, there has been a lot of people who have researched this and has said that there have been people that were given this vaccine that couldn't feel God anymore. Like they felt they weren't human anymore. And you know, we're going to talk about the COVID rumors about this vaccine. And just because I feel that even if one rumor is right, at least I informed you about it. Like I said, there is a certain chemical that might, you know, rewrite your DNA, which I believe in because I'm a conspiracy theorist. And I know some people may think that that makes me crazy, but it doesn't. Because a conspiracy theorist is just somebody that knows that there's more to the truth that they've been that they've been told, you know. And I believe that there's more to the truth that I've been told than the American people have been told. Why shouldn't the government try to hoodwink us into being controlled? That's what they want. That's exactly what the Democrats want. And um I've heard that there's going to be a certain dye that's in the chemical. There's going to be a certain dye in the vaccine that when it is injected, that they can put your wrists under a UV light and it'll be shown that uh, you have the vaccine. There's going to be certain technology that will show that people who have taken the vaccine are able to be accepted back into society and be welcomed into stores and all of that. And the reason why I say that, and the reason why I believe that, is because it's biblical. There will be a great divide between believers and non-believers. There will be people that will take the mark of the beast and the people who do not will be shunned. They won't be able to get any food. They won't be able to get a job. They'll lose the, their jobs. They will lose their homes. And for those who refuse to take the mark will be persecuted. And I mean, to be honest, don't even think about the vaccine right now. Just think about what's going on now, okay? There is a big number of people who are Democrats and who are in the Black Lives Matter movement that refuse to believe what is being told to them that is the truth about Biden and about, um, you know, different politics, you know, 
and we see a lot of brutality from the liberal side of people, you know, some of them, I'm not going to, you know, generalize everybody, but there is a large number of liberals and Democrats who are attacking Trump supporters in the streets who try to rip off their hats and say that you're a racist, that you're a white supremacist, and all of this stuff. I'm going to say that there is a large number of African Americans that are Trump supporters, okay? And I'm sure that there's a large number of liberals that are African American as well. I want to say this, that if something, I wouldn't say it's little, but as something like this, which has honestly created divide for a very long time, it, it just, it doesn't just happen now, it hasn't just happened recently. People have been hurting each other, killing each other, and dishonoring each other because of their politics and because of their political views. And it has gotten to a point where there have been tons and tons of Trump supporters out there flooding the streets because they believe in the politics of Trump. They believe in the politics of the President of the United States right now. And if you look at them, they will even say, that, for one, they're of all colors. Trump supporters come in all colors. They're not just white. They're also African American. They're also Asian. They are also Hispanic. Even minorities want Trump in office. And I can't see how uh, a liberal can say you are not truly black if you support Trump. Since when does your political view change the color of your skin? You are not truly black if you are not, if you're a Trump supporter? Does that mean I'm, what? Why? I mean, I'm white. I'll probably be called a white supremacist if I say Trump 2020. I mean, that's just how society is right now. There's people angry with each other. But you don't necessarily see a lot of Trump supporters. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. Because I know that there are violent Republicans as well. I'm not going to say that, you know... Republicans are all innocent. But I will say that the number of violent Republicans pale into comparison of how violent liberals are to Republicans. I have seen old men who would just be beaten to death in the street I've seen it on the internet, and just blood would be coming from his head, and all he did was walk past black people, and he was a white man. I've seen African-American people go up to a man who was white and hit him upside the back of their head with a brick, all because he was just walking down the street. Is that not a form of racism? You call white people racist, but even the African Americans will say, especially those who are Trump supporters and conservatives and Republicans, they will say that the most toxic ethnic group right now is African Americans, that they are the most racist at, the, at this moment. I don't care if someone gets mad at me for saying that. It is true. Because how many times have we heard about the color of someone's skin from a liberal that's African American? There's a lot. There's people on TikTok that I have seen, African American people, that will put white concealer on their face to make themselves look white. 
isn't that racist because if a white person put on a black face that would be called racist but it's okay for a black person to put on a white face this isn't okay and I say that a lot I know I have my words that I say a lot I'm sorry to sound repetitive but this is evil racism is evil and to be perfectly honest it isn't it shouldn't be about color if you take away the color it's still hate racism is a form of hatred and it comes in all colors it comes in all forms it comes in all religions it comes in all different ethnic groups and even different politics but what we see now it's really sad to see that even people who they they just make fun of white people because they're white they say you're a white supremacist because you're white you don't know them just like I don't know you like why should you judge me by the color of my skin when I don't do that to you Another thing that I found out is that one of the biggest toxic uh, groups right now is the LGBT community. Now, I'm not going to generalize all gays, because I know that there are really nice people that are homosexuals that are really sweet. I understand that. But when it comes to, and the reason why I want to talk about this is because it's it's a story that I want to talk about. Um, that I don't feel like it is the LGBT community's responsibility or the media's responsibility to teach children about sexuality. That is not your place. That is for the parents to decide whether or not they want to teach their children about that. I've already told you about my stance on the LGBT community. I don't hate anybody who is lesbian, bisexual, transgender, anything. I don't hate them. I may disagree, but I don't hate you. Your heart matters more than anything that you decide to be or who you believe that you are. Saying that, I don't feel, like I said, I don't think, I don't believe that it is anybody's, any type of community's responsibility to teach children about certain sexualities. Because that is a form of manipulation. And hear me out, okay? Just like the media manipulates the views of the people, so can communities as well. Because if that child is not curious about sexuality, then you are teaching them to be that way. If they... Children don't necessarily want to hear about that all the time. I know that there are kids uh, that are very young that decide to be gay or whatever and that could possibly be be because of the trend nowadays is just to be different people want to be different people want to be unique they want to be different from everybody else they want to be treated differently than anybody else and yeah it does take the form of that as well, of sexualities and identities. I believe that there are two genders. I'm old school. I don't care if you don't like the fact that I have that opinion. And like I said, I don't necessarily feel the need to defend that opinion all the time unless that situation arises. Um... One of the reasons why I want to talk about this is because of a TikToker named Hannah Lee Yoder. Okay. 
I'm I'm big on TikTok. I I love TikTok. That's like one of my favorite things to do. I look at funny videos and everything. This woman is a woman of God. And she is being attacked heavily by the gay community because she won't let her son wear a dress. I don't necessarily know where this came from. Because I know Hannah Lee is very vocal about her faith, which I completely respect. I love that about her. But the thing is, is that that is her child. You have no right whatsoever to say, stop having children. Don't have another child. You are a bad mother. You have no right. Because most of those people that are putting those comments on this woman's page aren't mothers, aren't parents, or are Gen Z, who we all know just want to feel special and will jump on any type of bandwagon that they pass by. Hannah Lee even specifies that she will always call her son a boy and will dress him in boy clothes until he is 18. Whatever happens after that is his choice. The LGBT community is attacking her because she is a vocally faithful Christian woman and she has children that is nowadays would be stereotypically straight you know they they're kids that they're she has a daughter that dresses like a daughter a girl right then she has a boy that's dressed like a boy and she's she has that right to treat them according to their birth gender okay if she believes in two genders she is she has that right to parent accordingly okay because we all know that there is a um, age of accountability in in the Christian community where um, kids know right from wrong there's an age to where they know right from wrong and they're accountable for their own actions not only that, but we also have people like pedophiles who want to sexualize children very young to satisfy their sexual fetish. Let me ask the LGBT community who I'm talking to a specific group of people right now who are very angry about standard parenting right now. Christian parenting. What is the difference between you and a pedophile? Okay. Like I said, not... I'm saying this because I need to. Not all homosexuals are pedophiles. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... If you are pushing your beliefs... Upon a child, upon a mother who is parenting her child saying, you should let him wear a dress, you should let him play with makeup, you should let him, you know, dress the way he wants. What is the difference between you, who is pushing the sexualization of a child, mind you, sexualization meaning finding your sexuality, okay? This child is a newborn. This child is two, maybe one years old. And you're pushing your beliefs upon this child? No. What is the difference between you and a pedophile? Sometimes pedophiles will put little boys in dresses and have sex with them. What is the difference? You, oh, I want to help him find his sexuality. That is not your responsibility and that is not up to you. Okay, like I said, there's a specific group in the LGBT community that is perverted, 
okay? I don't hate people who are gay. If you were a good person and if you are gay, that's awesome. I may not agree with your lifestyle, but I'll love you nonetheless. But there are people in the LGBT community that want to push their beliefs upon children. And this is why I don't like that. For one, this is her child. This is her son. What makes you think that you know more about her child than she does? What makes you think that you know more about what that child wants than his own mother? Hannah Lee Yoder is a person that is on TikTok all of the time. Or not all of the time, but she she openly talks about God. She openly talks about her children. She openly talks about her being a mother and how happy she is. And she's also got a Caucasian husband. So it's, um, I don't even like saying interracial marriage because I'm in an interracial marriage as well. Um, but I don't like saying that. It is basically just a marriage to me. If you love somebody and they're a different color, why does that matter? You know, but she's been attacked by that as well. To where, you know, she's been said, she's been told that she needs to find a black man or, you know, like, dude, you don't have the right to speak upon her life like that just because you have a view that you passionately want to talk about to people doesn't mean that you should be forcing your beliefs down her throat just because she's black just because she's african-american and she's married a white man does not make her less of a black woman and not only that, even James Charles, the groomer, okay? Yes, I said groomer. I don't care, okay? How dare he even talk to her and comment saying, you should stop being a mother. You should stop having babies. Like, bitch, who the fuck are you? I'm pissed. I'm really pissed. James Charles, you need to sit your ass down and stop grooming people, okay? You were in the news pushing your, you know, homosexuality against, you know, towards people. That's not okay. You're trying to turn straight men into gay people. Okay? I don't like you either, so why? And as far as I know, you're not a father. As far as I know, you don't have a child. So why on earth would you even decide to put a voice in to her life, who is a mother, who knows much more about what her child and her son and her daughter wants than you do. How dare you? People will believe what they want to hear. People will hear what they want to hear after hearing my podcast. And people will choose to believe what they will even after they hear my podcast. I don't have any expectation to make any difference right now. This is a platform to where I can have my voice heard. And for those of you who do hear me, thank you for listening. For those of you who agree, that's great. I don't have any reason to prove to you that you should agree with me. I don't have any control over that. So with the things that I said today, I will not apologize, but just know that I don't have hate for anybody. Like I said, there's toxic people everywhere. There's even toxic people in Christian communities. I've talked about that before. So, if I talk about toxic people in the LGBTQ, just know that I'm not generalizing a whole group. 
Thank you and have a good day.